I have a very special guest. I will be chatting with baby doctor Jillian Fu, aka my best friend, aka my wife. She will be joining us very, very shortly. So let us all get settled in. Everyone get a coffee or a glass of water or a glass of wine and let's get organized. <laughs> I see a few a few uh, familiar faces. Hi Myra, hi Michelle, hi Ian. <laughs> okay, right, so a bit of background, right? I've been wanting to do this for a long time. <laughs> I'm laughing because she's right next to me, but before I get her in, I've been wanting to do this for a long time, but sometimes, you know, Jill is not the most, um, how do I say this? She's, she's not the most uh, out there person. She doesn't like to be in the limelight. So this one took a, a little bit of convincing, but everybody finally join me in welcoming my wife, Jillian Fu. <laughs> Come and join me. <laughs> everyone, this is my wife. Say hi, say hello to everyone. Hi, hello. <laughs> Hi everyone on Instagram Live. As a bit of background, I've been doing this for a year now. I've been doing weekly Q&As where I invite people on Instagram Live for a light-hearted chat about their journey so far, about how they get from point A to point B. I often ask them about success and growth and I am at a point where I've done this for a year and I thought, what better way to, you know, uh, welcome the next year than to have a chat with my, my wife. So everyone, as you're, as you're getting settled in, I'll do my usual intro for the podcast and then we will get started. So three, two, one. Hey everyone, it's Delvin Kaysbury. Welcome to a brand new conversation. And today in this conversation, we have a very, very, very special guest. This is baby doctor Jillian Fu, aka my wife. Everyone, say welcome to Jillian Fu. Okay, so how this will flow is I've got a bunch of questions, but if you have questions, I'm still. <laughs> if you've got questions for Jill, feel free to pop them into the comment section below and then we'll see them and then we'll answer those as we go, okay? So I'm framing this. I'm framing this around our journey so far, or more around her journey so far, but as we go, I will pipe in with my own uh, comments about where we are and my observations as well. So, um, first of all, let's get the ball rolling. So, Jillian Fu, <laughs> you are a fellow neonatal doctor. Uh, you specialize in baby medicine. Yes. In your own words, what do you do? What do you understand by it? <laughs> You're my husband, you joined me on this journey. So what do you understand? Okay, so the question she asked me was, what do I understand or what she does? So in, Hi, in short, I think you, <laughs> All questions. you take care of babies, right? So in medicine, the idea is we treat patients. Treating could take the form of assessing and diagnosing what may be wrong or how they can improve in terms of their health. So in my layman terms, that, that's what I think you do. You take care of babies. But in your own words, what do you do? Correct. Um, so this year we moved to Melbourne, as some of you might already know. And this was um, to enable me to further my training in neonatal and perinatal medicine. 
So the world of medicine is fairly large and, and, and it's quite vast. There's, there's a lot of, um, there's a whole spectrum to it. And this is but one of the specialties that you can choose to um, specialize in. And I think just to clarify and clear the air a little bit, baby doctor, some people might think that I'm in my early years of, of training. So like, you know, literally just being a baby doctor, but essentially, um, the definition of neonatology is the care of any babies up until 28 or 30 days of age. And so unfortunately, sometimes um, babies get born before their due dates. And um, so the area of neonatal perinatal medicine is the, the care of the infant around the time of delivery as well as for the first 28 days or until they're about um, 28 days old, if they were born at term. Okay, we'll get deeper into your journey as a doctor in a moment, but I'd like oh, to... Oh, nuts, don't, don't. Why <laughs> Stoker's pancakes? Great. I'd, I'd like to invite you to first complete this sentence. How would you complete the sentence? Success is dot, dot, dot. <laughs> oh, uh, success is... Um, I think success has changed the definition of that for me has changed over the years and and you know perhaps at one time i would have defined success as marrying you wow <laughs> <laughs> um however oh i think the traditional understanding of success is that um you know you achieve something and that is your definition of success for me i think success is being able to go to bed every day knowing that i've been able to um, use the time that I have that day to the best of, of what I could have done. Mm. Okay, and I, I like that because I think that's relatable to all of us, right? Because often when we speak about success, and I've, speaking, I've spoken to like people from volunteers to angel investors, and when I ask them about success, they'll give their own definition of success, but the way you framed it is around doing the best with what we have based on our skill sets, our experiences, and our time. And so sometimes when Jill shares her stories from work, uh, when I'm working from home or watching the kids, in my mind, right, success is getting dinner sorted. <laughs> Getting the laundry sorted, uh, things like... But that allows me to be able to give my best at work. So exactly. you, you doing that is success for our household exactly. and our kids. So right. that, that works. Yeah, so I think sometimes when we are... We fall into the trap of comparing ourselves with other people's journeys. And my, the point I'm trying to get at is sometimes I look at your journey and think you've just literally saved someone's life. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've made dinner for the kids. <laughs> You know, so you fed them <laughs> so they can grow. So I, I like how you're framing around doing the best and being happy with the effort we put in after each and every day and going to bed thinking and feeling like we've done all we could in the 24 hours today. All right. So let's go back to the beginning, right? And take a few steps backwards. And so we got married in the year 2007, the 1st of December. Um, and 2008 was your first year working as a... Shh, that just, just tells <clears throat> everybody how old okay. I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so 2008 was when you started as a doctor. But if we take a few steps even before that, right? 
why did you choose this path of wanting to become a doctor? Did you always know that you wanted to be a doctor? Did it kind of dawn upon you one day? Um, I think that's a quintessential question that uh, we get asked a lot. Why did you pick medicine? Um, no, I don't think I grew up wanting to be a doctor. I think I remember writing a um, composition perhaps in primary school when they ask you, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it certainly wasn't. And I remember it quite distinctly that uh, I wanted to be a lawyer, um, aka Nuns. Um, so I think personality-wise, I've always been a bit more of a people person in terms of wanting to care, be empathetic towards or be in that nature and so I think at one point I even considered social work um, as, as a vocation so medicine was one of those things you know you go to school and you get good enough grades you get streamed into the sciencey sort of stream and I'm not very artistic um, thinking outside the box is not something I do very well that's all Delwyn so he fits the mold that I'm not um, so I chose medicine because that was the natural path to take and you, you look after people. That's what the general idea of in medicine is. You try and make them better with what you know. So it's been roughly 10 plus-ish years, plus minus having three kids along the way. Um, what have been a few key moments of growth, of learning, of failure from the journey so far that has impacted you and shaped you to you know, be the doctor, be the person that you are today. And as you're collecting your thoughts, it's important to, for all of us, all of us to be aware, right? Sometimes when we talk about what we do, we, we fall into the, the trap of thinking what we do equals who we are. Meaning if we've had a bad day at work, we are a bad person. And sometimes when I speak to other entrepreneurs and people on different journeys, um, that comes true, right? That, oh, I've had a bad day at work and therefore I'm a bad person I feel flat and lousy so I want us just to kind of lay that down as a bit of foundation as we go along so, so what do you reckon what are two uh, one or two key moments where you realize you know that was a really def that was a career defining or journey defining moment from my time as a doctor so far mm. these questions are too deep really. <laughs> I, I've, um, career defining moments I think one that comes immediately to mind would be my time in Brunei and um, practicing medicine in Brunei. Nazim, we'll, we'll get to your question in a minute about where to study medicine. Where did I study medicine and if, if Melbourne's a good place to practice? Um, so one of the, going back to your question, one of the defining moments in my career really is, um, like I mentioned, my time in Brunei. I think that shaped a lot um, about the sort of medical I want to be. There has been a... Um, so the medicine in Brunei is... I, I know a lot of times, and I'm going to be quite careful when I say this, um, there's a lot of hesitant, hesitation, I think, within within people in Brunei about repast and, oh, it's not good, you know, we always have to go private and all that sort of thing. And I think, yes, there is some truth to that, but a lot of the guidelines that, that um, the people, the doctors in Brunei operate on, the international guidelines and the expertise is there. And there's a lot of um, 
effort in trying to bring the best to the people of Brunei. So I don't think there should be any hesitation in the sense that it's not a good space for medicine. Being in Brunei allowed me to um, have a bigger picture of what the world of pediatrics is like because we dealt with anywhere from zero really, literally newborns right up to older kids up to 16, 18 years old um, at times, but mostly 12. It gave me uh, an experience that I don't think I would have gotten if I had stayed in Australia in my um, junior doctor years. So that is a defining moment in my career and I'm more than happy to have anyone message Delwyn to get to me if, or message me directly if you want to talk about that in that space. The other defining moment in my career, and I have to say this, is, is, is being a mom. Um, I think being a mom changes the way I have dealt with very concerned and very anxious parents on the ward and knowing where they've come from and why they are so anxious about their child, which is completely understandable. Being a parent yourself puts you in that space and allows you to be more, um, I guess, connect with them a bit more. Okay. Any examples from your time in, <clears throat> in Australia? Because um, as Jill mentioned, so in terms of our journey, so we got married in 2008. We met many years before, uh, but the, the snapshot version of that is from 2001, 2002-ish, we were here in Adelaide. Well, we were oh. in Australia in that time. We moved back to Brunei in 2011. And in 2017, we moved back to Australia, to Adelaide. And then in 2020, this year, we are now based in Melbourne. So are there any examples of <clears throat> moments from your time working and practicing mm -hmm. here in Australia? Yes, um, being in Melbourne this year has been a, a, a big journey in itself. I think sometimes being in a bigger space, a bigger, it, challenge you, it challenges you to expand your horizons. It opens up uh, your mind to the way things could work in an ideal world. Um, I'm quite lucky in the way that I, I managed to get a position at one of the children's hospitals here in Melbourne. And being co-located next to a research institute, I think with people who are, you know, every other person is pursuing their PhD. And that's something that I've perhaps thought of, but never really gave it a second thought. But being here in Melbourne this year, there's, there's a pressure to consider that to mm. further your career. Not to say that everybody has to do it. PhD is not for everyone, and I get that. Um, but, you know, everybody's into research. Everybody's into trying to develop a new way of doing things or caring for um, finding a new way in medicine, really. Um, so, yeah, that, that mm. perhaps has enabled me to enlarge my mind a little bit about what is still out there. Uh, let's kind of take a left in the fork in the road and answer a few questions, because usually I'll save the questions for the very end. But mm -hmm. since there are a whole bunch coming through, let me just scroll back and have a look. All right, so how do you guys manage stress All with right. chins, exams, kids, and moving around? <laughs> All right, so, you know, um, the media and TV and social media has a way of nearly glamorizing the life of a doctor. Um, you see shows like Private Practice, ER, Grey's Anatomy. Anatomy, you know, their things are polished and nice and they drive fancy cars. And they don't often show the other part of life 
as a doctor or with a doctor. So uh, we've got a question about how do we manage <laughs> stress. <laughs> I don't know if there's a textbook answer to that. Yeah. Um, so you go first. How do I manage stress? We unleash it on each other. <laughs> That's what we do. Um, but in all honesty, I don't think I would have been able to do what I do without Delwyn. Full stop. Uh, kids are moving around. So yes, I would not have been able to even consider uh, international versus, uh, or not versus, but international and or an interstate move if Delwyn, Delwyn wasn't on board. It's hard, right? Because, you know, for me, some of us who are watching this or listening to this, you may be um, already with family. Like in our case, we've got three kids. That's right. And we chose to have kids early as well. So that was the other thing. A lot of my colleagues have said, you know, I'll finish training, finish specialization, and then consider having kids. No right or wrong answer to that. I think it's really what works for you. Um, for us, I think our kids are at an age where we can sort of leave them a little bit rather than have to wake up in the middle of the night to breastfeed and all that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, yeah. So, so I think it's, it's also good to share how Everyone, everyone is on a different journey, right? They're all on different paces. Some of our friends, you know, have already kids. Some of our friends are uh, with kids, not with, not, they're married, but without kids, or they're married with kids. Some of our friends don't have kids. So um, I think the question about stress, how do you manage stress is a bit of a broader one because we all have different techniques, but I think we're quick to uh, make a conscious decision not to throw it all on the other person because you know some days when Jill's at work on a, like a long shift uh, I'll be at home with the kids all day every day especially in right now during lockdown and then there's a bit of the guilt for me on my part guilt yeah, a, a bit of the stress on my part to say all right now it's my time to just have a bit of me time the kids are yours but Jill's tired and she's been at work all day so I, I think it's a, it's a tricky one because it's like you're juggling balls in the air right um so I think it's important to to come from that place where when you're dealing with stress and I think um, in the earlier years and even on some of our bad days we we like we have our moments where we're like ah our bad our bad moments right whereas I think I'm now learning how there's there's a sense of when you're in this together you're you need to this the, the word is sacrifice right you need to sacrifice a little bit and. Because your your wins are my wins and my wins are your wins and therefore we manage stress by serving each other mm. by doing our best to serve each other as opposed to having the expectation that all right you serve me right now I think I'm learning that as a husband for you know ten plus years it's coming to the place where we we are working finding our best and doing our best to serve each other as opposed to expecting that the other person serves us mm. so so that's that would be my response to that question about stress let's go to this other one is melbourne a good place to practice as a Bruneian? um i studied medicine in adelaide uni um and i i thought it was an okay <laughs> um i think it really depends on there are heaps of places that offer medicine as a degree and I think growing up there was always a um, thought on my parents' behalf anyway whether they were going to send me to the UK or 
uh, to Australia. Um, I am originally from Malaysia and that wasn't an option at that stage. So I know for a fact that a lot of uh, entry into medicine currently in this new uh, in, the, in the last few years anyway, they're going towards postgraduate medicine. So have a Google, you'll find a whole heap of places that offer medicine as a degree. Um, and to your second part of the question, Naz, uh, Nazi, it, sorry, is Nazim, isn't it? Is Melbourne a good place to practice as Bruneian? Um, I, I, I think Melbourne's a good place to practice full stop. You don't necessarily have to if you're talking about um, cultural sensitivities, and I think Melbourne is does offer good sensitivities with regard to cultural sensitivities, so I think anywhere is a good place to practice, but definitely Melbourne, yes, it is a good place to practice medicine. In my two cents to that, if I may, <laughs> is if you are considering doing medicine, be prepared for the long haul, right? Because it's a it's Some a long. Some people get there quicker than I. Have. It's a long yeah. journey, um, and also, if you are walking this journey with someone, if you if you're married to someone, if you're with someone, um, you know, put your cards on the table because sometimes, like I like for me, I I I thought I knew the life ahead for a doctor, but. It wasn't as I should have done more research in terms of like geez like this is a long journey right so I think it goes both said, ways. Having said that though, it depends on the specialty that takes your interest. Um, uh, general practice is also a specialty, but a lot of people choose it for the lifestyle. So it depends on what catches your eye. Um, and I have a lot of respect for my general practice colleagues. Um, they go through the mill as well, and they they truly are the front line. Mm. A lot of times. So, so we've got a question here. From Career Caroline. Hello Caroline, how are you? <laughs> Career and family. Can, Can we, we really have, have both? both? <laughs> and that is the million dollar question. Billion dollar especially question. Especially for a woman in medicine. Um I want to say yes. And I, I don't say that lightly. Um I want to say yes you can have a career and medicine and I know colleagues who do this very successfully it again boils down to for you what you can both be at peace with um, like I said one of the choices we made was to have kids early and before I finished specialization and that's not for everybody it has been a fairly I wouldn't say torturous but it's been a bit of a roundabout journey for me personally in medicine anyway um, and you know my story Caroline and I'm more than happy for you to have a <coughs> offline chat if you do but I think yes it's possible again depending on what you think you are able to be at peace with um, uh, in terms I, of family and medicine my thoughts as well it, it actually hi Michelle it, it goes both ways right not just for medicine I think in general if you are very ambitious in your career, like Jill and myself, um, um, it's not just for medicine, but more broadly, it, it is a, a hard act to juggle if you're trying to be all you can be in terms of your professional skill sets and your, you know, where you see yourself in a few years, but also 
be all that you can be as a dad, as a mom, as a parent, as an uncle, auntie, you know, to be, and, and it's, it's a hard thing to balance. And I recall back when I was asking, um, she was previously the CEO of Standard Chartered Bank in mm. Brunei. And when, when she was answering a question on balance, right? Because the question was posed to her as well. How do you balance yeah, career, career and balance? And, and her answer was that there's no such thing as balance. <laughs> uh, it's one of these deep, profound statements, but her point was that you just do the best with what you can. As... And I'll give you an example to that, especially in, in medicine. So I remember um, I was doing general pediatric outpatients, and this was during our time in Brunei. And you know, you see kids through the clinic, and you can choose to do the bare minimum at that time. You know, you deal with the issue that you have to deal with and move on. But I remember in particular that patient was point one already late to the appointment, so that was an extra, however how long that I had to wait for that patient to rock up. And secondly, it was meant to be a straightforward consultation as a follow-up appointment to something that was already dealt with. However, they came with something new. Um, the time was four thirty, and that's usually what time clinics close, or rather, the day finishes in Brunei. Um, and I had told the kids earlier in the day that I was going to come back and take them to the park and, you know, do all that sort of thing. So um, the thoughts that were going through my head at that time was, do I deal with what I just need to deal with and then let someone else at the next appointment sort out this new issue versus so that I can go home to my kids and take them for the walk that I promised? Uh, or do I deal with it today because it's something that's come up during this time? And I think I chose at that point to deal with the issue that was brought to me that day rather than you know dashing home 4 30 on the dot to take the kids out to the park and I walked away from that even though you know it took me 40 minutes and the clinic was closed I had to close the doors on my own on my way out um, it felt like I had handled it and Every you know, we get taught in medicine every time they come to you is an opportunity to change something for the patient. And I felt like I did that that day. So my kids missed out on their park walk because it was too late, you know, and all that sort of thing. But I, I was at peace with that because I thought I did what I could for the patient rather than leaving it for someone else to sort out at the next appointment. So that for me was my balance. And every moment of every day is a balance. And I do not have days where I don't have some mummy guilt or doctor guilt, um, but it's wife, what, wife guilt. <laughs> wife, wife guilt. <laughs> but it's what I can choose to live with that day. Hi, Michelle. Um, we love you and we and we miss you heaps, you. Michelle. We, we we think of you often. Um, so I've got a few more questions, and again, if you've got questions still, folks, feel free, feel free to pop them into the comment section below, and we'll get to those. What? Uh, some of the best things about being a doctor. Okay, perfect. Um, best things about being a doctor. Now, um, speaking specifically about pediatrics and, and neonatal medicine, the best, absolute best thing that I enjoy about this specialty is that I get to see babies <laughs> <laughs> and kids. Um, for those who know me, I have always enjoyed being with little people um, and felt very at home with them so it's only natural that I picked this specialty and the biggest how do I, the biggest thing about 
the joy of pediatrics and neonatal medicine is that, like I said, every interaction is an opportunity for you to change a little person's life as much as you can in hope that they can one day be a contributing member of society because they've been kept healthy in all ways possible, not just physically, um, but um, mentally if possible and support it as an individual so that they can do what they can for society. Are there any misconceptions about being a doctor or about medicine in general? Yeah, that you earn a lot of money. Yes, that is. Yes, that, that may be true if you work in private practice, but it takes you a while to get there. Um, and there are certain specialties that garner you more money than others. Um, that I think that's the biggest misconception. Oh, you're a doctor, you must be able to be uh, uh, to, to afford this, or you um, automatically you uh, assume that you I don't know are able to do a lot of things. But I think it's it's also important to put it in perspective because when that's it comes a very good question when it comes Nazim. when it comes to medicine, you are if I can be just black and white, you are dealing with life, <laughs> life and death, right? So I think sometimes it's the whole thing about money and being a doctor, it's because they're dealing with life and death. And, and therefore, you know, doctors should, you know, earn, uh, they, they, they earn their keep, right? Um, they, they get, um, you know, reimbursed for what they do, which is, you know, different from, say, what I do as a, as a trainer, as a coach, where I teach people how to think better, use, you know, create a better content, how to, you know, work better as a team versus saving someone's life. So it's different. It's that, and that, that's a different discussion we can have at a different time. Um, that's a question from Nazim. Let's, and I let's, think that's an excellent question. Nazim's question is, how do you manage your mother's sense as a doctor when you have to break bad news to the parent? That's Woo! an excellent question. Woo! And I get that a lot because I'll tell you why. Um, when this is my grandma, I remember, you know, when she, <laughs> disclaimer about money and medicine, um, my, so naturally, like Darwin has mentioned, I'm not a very out there person. I'm not very loud. I'm not extroverted, but the one thing about me that you should know, I'm quite emotional. I, I, I can cry or I can tear up at an advertisement that I watch on TV. It's a bit ridiculous. Oh, um, what, what else do I cry at? Oh, um, we don't have, have enough time for that, you know. <laughs> I'm actually quite a, um, yeah, so I, I, I am, that's just my personality. However, in medicine, or rather in neonates, I am straight off the bat. I do not, uh, and yeah. that hasn't been difficult for me. I don't, I don't know why. I've, I've dealt with quite hairy situations. Um, in the past, crying um, dads always get to you me know, as well. Those kinds of things, you have come home sharing how you did shed a tear at work or a few more tears. But, yeah. but I think in general, you're very objective and nearly non-emotional when it comes to work. Correct. And I think, Nazim, to answer your question, is because they are seeing me as a professional and this is what I do. And this is what I've been trained to do. So I definitely do empathize with parents. I am the sort of person who will break bad news with a hand on the parents' shoulders. Or, um, but the facts are what we are dealing with, and I'm, I'm quite comfortable in bringing that across. 
Um, mm. What are some things you do differently now, compared to as a junior doctor? <laughs> you know, it's been ten years plus. Do you kind of care less now oh, no, about no, no, no. what your colleagues are saying, what your patients think, and are you more like, look, I'm, I know what I'm doing. I, I, I know you have got questions, and it's only natural for you to ask these questions as a concerned mom or dad. Are you, but are you more like, look, leave it to me, or are you still? You know, slow and tender and and loving, or or, or some other examples. <laughs> uh, what? So, what's different now compared yeah. to when I was a fresh-eyed intern? Yeah. Oh, um, I think I am more. I give more weight to what the team has to say. I've recognized the importance of teamwork within. Uh, medicine definitely taking on board and listening to what allied health nursing staff have to say about a situation and perhaps I didn't realize it when I was a you know bright-eyed idealistic intern but definitely now in this time in my career what the team around me have to say plays a big part um, and I am more direct I guess uh, with certain things that come across, like I'm I'm comfortable being able to say, no, I think we should do it this way because, um, and happy to have that conversation if there's people if there are people who don't sort of see, mm. and we may not always agree, but um, I'm more comfortable having the conversations of why I think we sh- things should be done a certain way, mm. or managed a certain way. And I think it's important as well. And again, this applies to non-medical type roles that. There is power in learning how to be assertive. There are moments to kind of bite your tongue and like you know, let this one slip by. But there are times where you will have to assert yourself and to say, "I take your point, but you know this is what I think." And let's either meet in the middle or let's you know rethink this approach. Uh, but my point there is like how you said you're you've learned how it's important to. Speak your mind a bit more, and, and this applies to other careers as well. Well, uh, folks, as we draw towards a bit of a close, we have roughly ten oh minutes ish left. <laughs> so, any final questions? Pop them in there. Um, my final questions are more around, I guess, homework. Oh, right. So, <laughs> a bit of a tangent. So, our kids are now doing uh, Kumon. The, uh, to get a bit more practice in maps, and every day they have homework. They have roughly 20-30 minutes of homework that they need to do every day, which goes back to this idea of practicing, right? So I like to give my listeners, my audience, homework in terms of how what are practical things we can do, because it's one thing to be inspired and to hear someone else's journey and their story, but it's something. Else, it's a lot more powerful if you say, "Look, now you've heard our story. These are one, two, or three things、oh、you can do right now to, I guess, make the most of twenty 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 twenty. It's been a year of turbulence, and that's a bit of an understatement. And that is probably the understatement of the whole conversation. It's been a year of turbulence for all of us. We have six months ish left in twenty twenty. What are your thoughts on?、Oh. Making the most out of this time,、um, and it's different for all of us because we're based in Melbourne, where it's we're in lockdown again. 
some of you may be in different countries where there's a bit more uh, mobility in terms of what you can and what you can't do. But what do you think? I have uh, no idea. <laughs> no idea. So, what are the practical things? I am clearly no. I'm read more. No, no, not read more. Exercise more. <laughs> So Darwin does most of the exercise for the entire household. It's <laughs> uh, seven months gone. It's quite hard to um, imagine even how far we've come this year, and not far at all. It's been one of the longest years. I want to be able to. I think it's time to re regroup a little bit. Being halfway through the year and in our lockdown two point zero, to try and see if I have gotten through half. Of the to-do list that I intended to for this year, I am due to have a supervisor meeting in the next week with my supervisor at work, and I'm sure she will call me out on the things that I said I had set out to do this year. So even before this meeting, I think I'd like to regroup a little bit um, to find the time to be able to go through that list. And I think that re regrouping is important because, like you and I both know, our household is fairly busy. Um, It will give us time to align our own goals for ourselves and for our family, um, and as as well as professionally. Mm. And I think I I need that at this at this time. Yeah. Mm. What would you tell the eighteen year old version of you if you could hop into a time machine and travel back in time, back to Malaysia to Ampang? Um, if you could put one arm around yourself, what would you tell the eighteen year old version of A younger, you know, brighter-eyed and bushier-tailed Jillian Fu. Ah, oh, marrying someone like Jolwyn <laughs> is important. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> What I would tell my 18 year old self: um, the center of your world does is not dependent on the world around you. I would tell her to center herself on the things that matter. And for us, I think our faith is quite important. Um, And centering my life on that that doesn't change would be my compass in life. And regardless of what life throws at you, just hang on to that. At times where it seems like the waves are throwing you around, just hang on tight. There will be light at the end of the tunnel. There will be fruition to the dreams that you hold true to yourself, and it will come one day. You just need to keep plodding on. Do what you can. Keep going. And I like how you said that last part uh, about keep going and doing what you can. Because um, it's it's one thing to hope for the best, wish for the best, um, but we we have to <laughs> do we have to do our parts as well in terms of your goals, my goals, your goals as listeners, as viewers. If you're working towards something, if you've got a dream or goal, you have to put in the work. Sometimes I think we fall into this mindset of, you know, okay, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be, or it'll come to me one day, you know, uh, serendipity and all that. But uh, as as we've come to know, we we, you, we work for things. We work for things. We work in our marriage. We work for things yeah. in our marriage. We want to be better parents. We we work at these things. Even for myself, I've been quiet on social media over the last month. Because I've been bu busy behind the scenes working on an online course. Um, so, folks, as we draw to a close, let me take one more question from. Can we do this? Which one? Uh, 
the one before that, Nazim had a good one. Have I ever gone against protocol oh, to save a patient and succeed? That happens only in TV shows. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, actually, I haven't done that because protocols are there to protect you as a clinician. Um, I... We've got a few lawyers watching this yeah. show, so you know if you it, you know <laughs> it's a big thing. You, you don't go against the grain when it comes to life and death. It's, um, it's a huge thing. Yeah, pro protocols are there for a reason. Yes, there can be some deviation to it, but in general, they are there to protect you. And yes, it's a case by case basis. But in terms of medic medical management, management in particular, uh, not not too far away from protocol. No, sorry, sorry to disappoint and burst that bubble. Mm. Um, fairly boring on that sense. I love I love what Aino said mm. um, that it's been a year of awareness and growth about growth because it's the first time that you've been able to slow down in life. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think all of us. For sure. I think if you haven't yet, if, if that hasn't dawned upon you, if you haven't realized that, take this year as a year of where we've all been forced to. Mm. Take a big deep breath and reassess things and just slow down and shift gears and and come to a place where it's it's okay to move at a slower pace because we have no other choice. <laughs> you know, there's no other choice. So let's use this time not wishing uh, wallowing in our self-pity. Sometimes I do wallow. Yeah, of, of and course. that's okay. Of there, course. there are days where you just need to sit down in your little corner. You need to rock if you need to rock, but yeah. um, come come back out of the corner because there's so much ahead and so yeah. much Yeah, like, like yesterday in, in one of my family group chats, one of them, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was kind of saying in passing that, you know, this lockdown thing, it's a mindset. You know, I kind of said it tongue in cheek, but there is truth in that, right? While we're physically in lockdown, we we have access to information, you know, internet, all these things. So let's do our best with this time of lockdown to to prepare for what's ahead, to make preparations, to dig deeper into who we are, and ask ask those questions we don't only ask of ourselves. Yeah, no, no one asked me the other day. I didn't tell you. I don't think. What? Um, I how how did people who were locked down before survive without internet? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, folks, well, we've come to the tippy tail end of this conversation. Uh, my last question oh, no. for you is what's next? <laughs> what's next? You know, because sometimes we make plans, right? Oh. So when I ask entrepreneurs, when I ask people who may be NGOs, who are in finance, there's always a, um, a, a, the what's next question around, yeah, I've got plans. I've got this coming up, that coming up for the workshop. I'm, I'm going to be speaking at a conference. But what does that look like for you? What's next for you? And I guess that also impacts us. Yeah. <laughs> the boring bit of it, what's next for us is, um, so I have to finish training. And there are different colleges of training within medicine. And being towards the end now, there is some light at the end of the tunnel. However, um, the next step is for me to continue to tick off what I need to tick off, those boxes that I need to tick off in order for me to be able to finish training. Um, and then once I get my letters, they say the world is your oyster, but I believe the world is still our oyster now. Yeah. Um, so long story short, 
boring as it sounds i just need to keep ticking off those requirements in order for me to do my time and and finish what i need to do who knew growth would be so boring <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah but it's, it's true right if you're working towards something there are moments of highlights but there are many many more moments behind the scenes of where it's just one foot grind, in front of work, the other grind yeah. seek counsel grind ask your mentor get coaching grind 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 i have to do research projects for neonatal medicine so if anyone's got any bright ideas i'd be more than happy <laughs> to hear them or collaborate any final closing thoughts or closing remarks or advice or no i don't i think uh, there is a whole world of medicine that i don't even know of um and where we are is just a little bit of, of what we know mm. yeah well folks join me in thanking Jillian Fu, the baby doctor, aka so not my, baby, like doctor for babies. Yeah, you're a doctor for babies, but it's yeah. kind of a cool, you know, branding thing. The baby doctor, <laughs> yeah. um, aka my best friend, my wife. Uh, let's join me in thanking her. It's not gonna happen again. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So everyone, uh, that's it for now. If you want to stay in touch with me, find me on my socials at HeyDelwin. Jill's account is private, so you can try your luck. <laughs> Chances are she won't accept people that she doesn't know, so feel free to find her online if you if you can. Uh, she is at GFooBerry. Uh, feel free to look her up as well. But if you have any questions, look Go me ahead. up and I'll pass it on to her at HeyDelwin. Send me an email HeyDelwin at gmail.com. If you are into podcasts, check out my other podcasts on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, this is one of the things I, I look forward to every week to just chat with people. About Everybody's got a story, hey. Everyone Everyone's has got a, story. a story. So until next time, um, to all our family and friends who watch, to people that we don't Jenny. know that well just yet, yeah. thank you for tuning Hi, in. We think of you guys, we miss you guys. And I just want to say as well, we're, we're doing well. We, we sometimes get questions about how are you guys doing in Australia? How are you guys doing in general? We, we are doing well. Uh, the kids are good. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. And, but beyond that, that's it. Let's wrap this up. Final thoughts. No? Yes? Okay. Peace and love. We From love us. you guys. We miss you guys. And this is not happening again. You can continue to interview anybody. If, if you want a part two to this conversation, <laughs> <laughs> let me know and I'll try to make it happen, everyone. <laughs> Okay, see you guys. That's it for now. Until next conversation, don't forget to back yourself. God bless and take care. And that's it for now. Goodbye.